I mean, you steal the show every time you're up there. Josiah, I asked Josiah, I was sitting down there during the choir special, I leaned over, I said, Josiah, are y'all singing? He said, yeah, we're singing God is good. And he is. (laughs) And he said that with enthusiasm, and I'm glad. This morning, the title of the message is, Enter with Thanksgiving, based on Psalm 100. Francis Schaeffer was a well-known Christian apologist, a Christian philosopher, theologian, died, oh, 15, 20 years ago, I suppose. But he made this statement. The beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. Let me read that again. The beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. For that reason, and even others, the Bible stresses thanksgiving. That thanksgiving be directed to God. Such is the case for the passage we're considering this morning. Psalm 100. It's described as a psalm of praise. And Psalm 100 says the following. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Verse number four. Enter unto his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's bow our heads in prayer again, please. Dear Lord, may we understand this morning that as Christians, you instruct us very clearly and in numerous passages to be thankful, to be people of gratitude. And that is not to be based on whether things are going well for us or not. It should come from our heart continuously. It should be something that is there regardless of circumstances. Lord, perhaps there's some people in this room that struggle with thanksgiving. Perhaps, Lord, they are more predisposed to wallow in self-pity. Or, or to be critical, or to feel like they've been shortchanged in life. Therefore, Lord, there's never, hardly ever, any evidence of thanksgiving in those kinds of people. Lord, I pray through the preaching of your word this morning, if that's the case with anybody in this room, that they'll be convicted, Lord. And understand that as a Christian, even in difficult and challenging situations in life, whether it be health or finances or our personal Lord, may we still understand that we have much to be thankful for. And may we, Lord, overcome our tendency to not be thankful. And Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, certainly they can't be thankful to you for that. But I pray before the day is over, they can be. Lord, encourage our hearts this morning to be thankful. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. In this simple passage right here, 
God commands thanksgiving. But one of the things I like about this passage, not only does he command thanksgiving, but he gives us reasons for it. Let's look first of all at the command. In verse number four, he says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's a very clear command of God for his people. We are to be thankful and we are to praise his name. That should be who we are at our core, a thankful people. And I know for a fact, because I know so many of you so well, that the vast majority of people in this room, it may be 100%, I don't know, but I can say this, that there's, there's a lot of people in this room who do have the reputation for being thankful. In spite of maybe some difficult circumstances, maybe some health problems, maybe some financial problems, maybe a wayward child or a difficult spouse, and yet in spite of that, They get it, what the Bible says, God's command, that we be thankful, that we praise his name. But it's very important for us to understand what this is also saying in that verse. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and the courts. In other words, we are to express our gratitude. We are to express our thanksgiving. When you're in the gates of the temple, going through the gates of the temple, they are instructed to praise his name, to be grateful. When they are in the court, they are to praise his name and be thankful. It doesn't say at home privately or in your closet or personally have a grateful heart. I fully believe that gratitude unexpressed isn't gratitude at all. Well, they know in my heart that I'm grateful. They know in my heart uh, that I'm thankful. God knows that I'm grateful. God knows that I'm thankful. I really believe personal opinion and based partly on this verse. If you're not expressing your gratitude to God, then really you don't have the gratitude that maybe you think you have because the Bible says do it publicly, in the gates, in the courts. I mean, this Tuesday night, You will have the opportunity to express gratefulness, to express gratitude, to express thankfulness to the Lord. And you don't have to, and there'll be some folks that won't, and that's that's okay. I'm not saying every occasion you've got to do it, but there ought to be occasions when you do, when you tell others how grateful you are to God for what he's done, or when you tell others you're grateful to them for what they've done or what they they mean to you. So understand this morning, if you're a born-again believer, we are commanded to have grateful hearts. We're commanded to be a thankful people. Now, what I said a while ago is I like the fact that not only does the Lord command it, But he also, I mean, he could have filled up a book with the reasons why, but he gives us three very notable reasons here why we're to be thankful. And I suppose that's for people that might be or challenged to be thankful. You know, there are people, and we all know them, that are just kind of the Eeyores of life, that just look on the bad side of things. The cup is always, you know, half empty. You know, things are always uphill. And we all know people like that. 
that are just really down and out and don't have anything good to say and very seldom, if ever, express their appreciation. So I would imagine that the Lord wanted to put in some reasons why for those, and maybe somebody here this morning, who might be going through a tough time and you may be thinking, I have nothing to be thankful for. Well, the Lord's going to give you some reasons right here in this same passage. God gives us three reasons why we're to be thankful and praise his name. He says, number one, in verse number five, for the Lord is good. We can be thankful for the Lord is good. Good means pleasant, beautiful, delightful, joyful, precious, and and, and righteous. In fact, understand, everything God does is an expression of his goodness, No matter how things turn out, we need to understand (coughs) that God, that God is still good. We'll say, I'm going through a tough time. Well, it's the goodness of God, maybe, that that tough time is chastisement. Maybe you're going through a tough time because you've been rebellious against God, and in a sense, he is spanking you. Well, that's good, It's good that he's spanking you. That's an expression of his love. When our kids were young, there was occasions I would spank them, occasions we would send them to their room. Does that mean that we weren't good as parents? No, I think that was an indication that we were good parents, that we cared about them. We had standards and morals that that we wanted them to, to live by and responsibilities that we wanted them to understand. And whenever they were willfully uh, rebellious, then it called for punishment. And we punished them because we love them. So for those that maybe struggle and your temperament is to be kind of down in the dumps and, you know, uh, doleful about things, understand, yeah, you got a reason to... Praise God. You've you got a reason to be thankful every day of the year, and especially, hopefully, this Thursday when hopefully you enjoy a good Thanksgiving meal, you realize, wait, no, God, God is good. You say, well, uh, you know, I'm going through a tough time. A loved one of mine is going through a very serious illness. Well, you know, understand God is good, you know, and if that person is saved, that illness is going to come to an end, and they're going to be with the Lord, and they're going to be better off than, than you are. I mean, the Lord, after he gives us the command to be thankful and to praise his name, he gives us a reason for God is good. But he gives us a second reason there. His mercy is everlasting. We can praise God because he is constantly extending his mercy to us as we go through life. You know, the definition of mercy is not getting what you deserve. Folks, what we deserve, and let's never lose sight of this, God could have just, instead of saving us because of our sin, he could have just as easily condemned us to hell and washed his hands of it and had been right in doing so. Understand that. He could have just as easily said, no, I'm not going to save him. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, I, I, I had you birthed into this... Going back to our forefathers, Adam and Eve, you know, you were birthed into a perfect environment. Everything was fine. I laid out one rule for you. You blew it, and everybody sent you. You know, everybody, all your descendants have blown it too. Hey, I was good to you. I gave you a perfect environment. Hey, when you die, you have rejected my word. You're going to spend eternity in hell. He could have done that. But he loved us and sent his son to die in our stead to pay for our sins. 
That's mercy. He did not give us what we deserved. He gave us mercy. And that's much to be thankful for. You ever been extended mercy by a cop when he pulled you over for going 10 over the speed limit? And as you're, as he says, look, I'm not going to write you up. I'm not going to write you up. You're going, thank you, 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 thank you. We express our gratitude then because he shows us mercy. I can testify I've been shown mercy a couple times in the last, in the last year for which I am uh, very grateful. So you say, I, you know, things are just going bad in my life. Things are not as they ought to be. I'm really struggling with this wayward child or children. My, my spouse is being extremely difficult, you know, and I don't know what the future leads. God says, enter his gates and his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. Why? Because he is good. Why? Because he has mercy. And thirdly, he says in that verse, his truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth to all generations. Simply states, simply stated, while the years pile up and the years pass by, not a single promise of God will fail. His truth endureth to all generations. What our great-grandparents counted on from what God said in his word to our grandparents, to our parents, to ourselves, what they counted on, what we count on, what we trust in based on the word of God, we know is true today, just as true as the word of God was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just as true as the word of God was to Paul and John, just as true as the word was to Charles Finney and uh, Charles and John Wesley, just uh, to, to Charles Spurgeon, through all of history, just as God's word has been true and people have counted on it, it's true today, and we can count on it. But even knowing these three things, that God is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations, we can still struggle with being thankful. We can still struggle with a heart of sincere gratitude. And like I said, occasionally we'll run across a believer who their personality is, I mean, you you never hear them say a good thing. You never hear them say a positive thing. You never hear them express their gratitude to God for how good he is, even after God has listed to us some of the many reasons why we should be grateful. We tend to be selfish. We tend to be self-centered. There are certain people that I think have the proclivity to see the, the cup half full rather than half empty. Therefore, those people have to work a little harder have to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. And there are some things that we need to be aware of that robs us of that grateful spirit. And we need to make sure that we eliminate those things in our lives that cause us to be ungrateful so that we can be grateful because the Lord is expecting it. And maybe he's been patient with you. Because rather than being thankful, you gripe and complain and grouse about things. And that's a challenge because we are weak. We are frail. We do tend to be selfish. We do tend to be self-centered. 
So what are, what are some of the things that we have to eliminate that work against us being grateful? Let me give you several. Number one, a hindrance to us being grateful and being thankful is envy. The miserable habit of looking enviously at what other people have by which we have not, forgetting all the while that, uh, of the good that we nevertheless have. It's a folly thing. It, 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 it's a, it, it will steal you of your gratefulness and your gratitude if you envy other people. And there may be some in this room, I don't know, that have a problem with that. Somebody gets something new, well, why that didn't happen to me? Somebody's child turned out really good and your child is struggling and you're, you're envious of them. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse number 5, Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in, in us lusteth to envy? I mean, that's a, envy is lust. Envy is wicked. Envy is, is bad. And an envious person, if a person has a proclivity to be jealous or envious of other people, that's going to be the enemy of gratitude. That's going to be the envy of thankfulness. And if that's in you this morning, you need to confess that to the Lord and say, you know, pastor stepped on my toes this morning. Because truth is, I'm always looking at other people and what they have and what I don't have. And that'll make for a sourpuss attitude if nothing else will. When the Lord wants us to be grateful for what we have. Related to that, a second thing we would have to get rid of is discontent. That's murmuring. That's complaining. Many are wont to look habitually on the dark side of their experience, scarcely at all on the other and bright side. Too many of us just tend to always want to focus on the negative. We want to focus on the dark side. You know, Paul encourages throughout his word that, that our prayers and our supplications are to be mingled with thanksgiving. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, well, give thanks. I'm, I'm going through a tough time. Well, it may be that you're going through a tough time because God is testing you. He's testing your faith. He wants you to see that your faith isn't everything that it ought to be, and you need to fix it. That's a good thing. It may be a painful thing, but it's a good thing. Some surgeries are painful, but it's a good thing if it rids you of the problem or if it corrects the problem. But discontent, murmuring all the time, that is an enemy to a grateful heart. And you've got to be honest with yourself. You know, I preached a few weeks ago about self-awareness. You've got to be willing this morning to, to give an inventory of your heart and see if in your heart you do find envy. Can, can you be honest with yourself if that is the case? To look in your heart and do inventory of your heart and see if you have discontent. You need to be able to do that. You need to be willing to do that. And then there's a third thing that we have to make sure isn't rooted in our heart because it is the enemy of thankfulness, and that's disregard. Our sad habit of disregarding our ordinary mercies as mere matters of course is another sad hindrance of the thankful spirit. Disregard means just taking things for granted. Just taking everything for granted. And not just pausing to say, Lord, thank you for the car that I have. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you that I'm not in the hospital this morning. 
We need to understand that. Let me, let me read this to you. When health is restored after sore illness, how thankful we are. But the months and years of health which may follow give ample time to forget our thankfulness. Now, I don't have that on the screen, but let me read that to you again. When health is restored after a sore illness, how thankful we are. But the months and years of good health which may follow give ample time to forget our thankfulness and to let our gratitude die because we do not see anything extraordinary about our experience of God's goodness. I should have put that up on the board. That's a great quote there. We go through an illness and we get better and we thank God. Thank you, God. But then we have years of good health and it becomes commonplace. And I can understand how that might happen. So how good is it that we're in church this morning and the pastor is reminding us, hey, that's a good point, pastor. I I need to be thankful for the fact that I haven't been sick in a long time. I I need to be thankful for the fact that I haven't been without a job for a long time and I'm grateful for the job that I have. Psalm 103.2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Truth of the matter is, when we bow our heads to pray, we may think that we're going through a storm and we have nothing to be thankful for, when in fact we have much to be thankful for. And we're not diminishing the challenge of the storms of life, but we also have to be reminded that the storms of life are there for a reason. They are there for a purpose, not to lost people. Lost people just say, I'm going through bad luck right now. None of it makes sense. None of it can be explained. But we are so blessed as Christians when we're going through a difficult time, God is in control. And God has allowed it for a reason. And sometimes he may have to clamp the vice down tight, especially if we're, if we're being belligerent, if we're being hard-headed. But we need to understand that God is good. But we need to also realize this morning that as God wants us to have a thankful heart, if we harbor envy, discontent, or taking things for granted in our lives, you're not going to be obedient to the Lord in this area. So you've got to be open-minded. You've got to have a high degree of self-awareness to acknowledge the fact, you know what? It's true. I envy people. It's true. I'm just discontented all the time. Oh, look, if I could confess, I could be that person. I could be the most discontented person on on, on the face uh, of the earth. I I mean, Sharon would have to acknowledge that, that sometimes I could be that way. I have to work at it. I have to be self-aware. I mean, we could be out on, on, on our boat in the lake and everything is beautiful. And Sarah said, look, it's a cloudless sky. No, it isn't. There's one over there, Sharon. Whole day's ruined. <laughs> oh. I, I have that propensity. But at least I'll stand before you and acknowledge that. And that's something I am working on. Are you willing to work on yours? Maybe yours is envy. Maybe yours is discontent. Maybe yours is taking things for granted. We need to see ourselves as we really are. We have to be honest with ourselves. Because if I'm complaining about that one little cloud over there, therefore it's not a perfectly cloudless sky, that ruins my whole day and I'm not filled with any gratitude for the Lord, I've got to change that. Because the Lord wants this man to be thankful in the gates 
in the courts and to bless his name. Now, let me give you some practical reasons to acknowledge the problem inside of you that maybe causes you not to be as thankful as you should be. Let me give you some reasons why you should cultivate this idea of thanksgiving and praise, why you should go from being an an envious person, a discontented person, a take-it-for-granted kind of person. Let me give you some motivation as to why you should change. And you should be not only thankful, but you should express that thankfulness. There's a good man in this church that is, and he's not doing this for a pat on the back. But lots of times when I'm around him, he's telling me how blessed he is and how grateful he is to God and how good God is to him. There are some reasons why you should be motivated to examine yourself. And if you have any of these hindrances to thanksgiving, make sure that you confess them, acknowledge them, own up to them, Ask God to give you victory over them so that you can have a thankful heart. Number one, you want to cultivate thankfulness and praise because it will greatly bless others. How many of you just enjoy being locked up with a gripey, grumpy person for an hour? It will seem like 10 days if they are indeed a gripey, grumpy kind of person. But you like to be around people that are grateful. Because grateful people tend not to be envious. They tend not to be jealous. They tend not to be discontented. They tend not to to disregard the blessings that they have. One of the reasons you need to be a person of thanksgiving is you will be a blessing to others. I like this quote. Gratitude is something of which none of us can give too much. For on the smiles... The thanks we give, our little gestures of appreciation, our neighbors build their philosophy of life. In other words, when you are grateful, you are ministering to other people. You are setting an example. You are testifying. You are being light. You are being an encouragement to other people when you have a thankful heart and you say so. You're quick to tell other people that you're thankful for them. You're such a blessing. You're such an encouragement. I am so thankful for your friendship. I'm so thankful for your service at our church. I'm so thankful for what you do. And then to tell others, I am so blessed of God. God has been so good to me. I love our Wednesday nights when folks folks here, we spend a few minutes to talk about answered prayer and praising God for, for his blessings. That's a wholesome, healthy, encouraging thing for me to hear about how you have been blessed and for you to share that with me and for you to express your thanksgiving and your gratitude. That does something good for me. If you're griping and complaining and discontented all the time and you're envious and you take life for granted, guess what? You are a negative energy drain. You're sucking the life out of people. You you really are. That's why God says, no, enter into his gates and into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So one of the reasons 
you, I mean, this is one of those messages, if the shoe fits, wear it, okay? Because I don't have anybody in mind other than Tom Huber when I think about ungrateful people. But other than him, I don't have anybody. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't have anybody in mind. But you know, you know if your spouse is always telling you, you know what, you're always seeing the negative. You know, you're, it, it, it's, it's like hanging around somebody made out of sandpaper, you know. It, it just it just grates on you. If if people have been telling you that, chances are they might be onto something. And rather than arguing, just acknowledge, I- acknowledge that you know. Okay, I've got a problem there because God wants you to be salt and light. He wants you to be a blessing. And people of gratitude are so encouraging. People who express their thankfulness for you or for their Lord. You welcome those people into your life. When they pull up in your driveway, you go, oh, look, so-and-so's here. I'm so glad you stopped by. Rather than the old gripey, grumpy person, you're closing the curtains. Get down, kids. (laughs) Can you be honest with yourself? Sometimes it's painful to be honest with yourself. But like surgery is sometimes painful, it is also necessary. So reasons to cultivate thanksgiving and praise. Number one, it will greatly bless others. Number two, for your own sake, it will brighten your life. Thanksgiving, the quote is, will draw our hearts out to God and keep us engaged with him. It will take our attention from ourselves as it ought to be and give the spirit room in our hearts. If our hearts are filled with self, self-indulgence, selfishness, selfish desires, then there's no room for the Spirit of God. And it affects us. And I think it affects us physically. I think people's lives have been shortened who were grumpy, gripey, ungrateful kinds of people. I think, it has a, I think it's a proven fact that that can have a physiological negative effect on your life. For your own sake, you need to learn to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. And number three, our God and Savior deserves all our praise. He deserves it. We gave you three reasons earlier. A.W. Pink says, yes, give thanks for all things. For as it has been well said, our disappointments are but his appointments. You might want to write that one down. Our disappointments, folks, are but his appointments. And the moment we understand that, that disappointment can be turned into praising the Lord and being grateful. Psalm 100, verse number 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. In order to do that, you got to get rid of envy. You got to get rid of just general discontentment. And you have to get rid of disregard, disregarding the ordinary, everyday blessings. Of God. You get to go home this afternoon after our evening church and make a fried bologna sandwich, that's something to be thankful for. Right there.
Let me read you this. It is told that when the New England colonies first planted, the settlers endured many privations and difficulties. Being piously disposed, they laid their distresses before God in frequent days of fasting and prayer. Constant meditation on such topics kept their minds gloomy and discontented and made them disposed even to return to the fatherland with all its persecutions. At length, when it was proposed to appoint a day of fasting, prayer, a plain, common-sense old colonist was in the meeting and remarked that he thought that they had brooded long enough over their misfortunes and that it seemed high time they should consider some of the mercies, some of the mercies that the colony was growing strong, the fields increasing in harvest the rivers full of fish and the woods full of game and the air sweet and the climate good, their homes happy. Above all that, they possess what they came for in the first place, civil and religious liberty. And therefore, on the whole, he would amend their resolution for a fast and propose in its stead a day of thanksgiving. His advice was taken, and from that day to this, the festival of Thanksgiving has been an annual one. Ah, would that we had men of this spirit and make the best, not the worst, of our misfortunes. God says, enter into his gates and his courts with thanksgiving and praise. That can be a struggle for some people. That needs to be a struggle that you get victory over, that you grow. It may take a while, but you can do it. And in so doing, you will be a blessing to others. You will help yourself, and the Lord deserves it. As we stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.